Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Yeah, if you're just tuning in, Scoot was unable to make it here today. He's fine, but he's dealing with some stuff that he'll tell you about when he comes back. I expect it'll be back tomorrow. But uh, for today, it's me and Coleman. And uh, somehow we got started on a conversation about bees. So I'm going to read a couple bee text messages, and then we'll talk a little bit about the Iowa caucuses. And after the jump, we'll be joined by Robert Hogan, professor of political science and department chair at Louisiana State University. Here's a text message that says, Ian, my uncle has hundreds of beehives that he leases out to avocado and almond farmers in California and is making upwards of one million dollars a month. One million dollars <laughs> <laughs> with bees, man. I gotta get some bees. I get well. I mean, I'm sure it's a lot of work running that bee business, but man, what a cool thing to be able to say. Like you're at a bar or a cocktail party, and someone's like, "Oh, what do you do?" <laughs> uh, I'm a, I'm a, what are you, an ape, ape, apiarist? I don't know what the word is. I'm a bee guy. Uh, here's a text that says, "I keep bees." They'll do fine with this cold. I'm more worried about varroa mites. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, that's the point I was kind of trying to make with Joseph there, man. Yeah, the bees are in trouble, uh, generally speaking. Uh, that's been the story for, I don't know, a decade or more now. Uh, falling populations and uh, lots of concern about the impact on the agricultural sector. Uh, but, yeah, I think they're they're not going to be bothered much by the cold. They're going to be bothered by the mites and the pesticides and the colony collapse disorder. Here's a text message that says, A prior caller had a great point, and it would make a great show. Honeybees, people need to be a little bit more discerning over use of pesticides in their gardens. Bees are more important than we want to acknowledge. Apologies for the late note. I am doing domestic duties, vacuuming. It's not all bad. My wife did not make me wear the French maid outfit this time. Well, you can't win them all, guy. Here's a text message from Edwa who says, Gentle reminder during these cold days, before getting in your car, pound on the hood and the sides. Animals like to crawl under the hood to stay warm. Also, please check on the elderly neighbors, uh, elderly neighbors or ill family and friends. Yeah, man, that's a... If you're driving to work and it's 28 degrees outside and there's icy stuff all over your door and it's really cold, the last thing you want is to turn on your car and, you know, demolecularize a raccoon or whatever. Uh, bang, bang on the hood of your car and make sure that there's no small animals hanging out in there. All right, it's time for the 210 News Bomb. Uh, usually we kind of go around the world and get some global headlines, but uh, today the news out of Iowa is such that we're basically... Just going to stick with that. So that being said, what are the Republican presidential candidates doing 
now that the Iowa caucuses are over. Donald Trump won big at the GOP caucuses in Iowa. Well, I want to thank everybody. This has been... Tonight, he's expected to rally supporters in New Hampshire. Ron DeSantis finished a distant second to Donald Trump in Iowa. DeSantis is visiting conservative stronghold South Carolina today. And then New Hampshire, which will hold the first in the nation primary on January 23rd. And then there's Nikki Haley. She finished behind Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. She is eyeing New Hampshire. When you look at how we're doing in New Hampshire, in South Carolina, and beyond. She says her campaign has momentum. I'm Rita Foley. Uh, I guess you could say that. Yeah, the latest polling averages in New Hampshire, Donald Trump is at 43.5%. Nikki Haley within 13 points, polling at 30.6. This is a little bit wild. Ron DeSantis is only at 5.4% in New Hampshire. Good luck, Ron. Associated Press National Political Correspondent Michelle Price is reporting that the New Hampshire primary is a very different campaign stop than Iowa. It's a slightly different message. It's a more independent-minded state. It's a state where the voters are not as evangelical. They're not quite as religiously conservative. It's a state where some of the candidates don't mention issues like abortion restrictions as often. We've seen some of these candidates who have campaigned much harder in New Hampshire because they see that as more of an opportunity for their politics to succeed there. So Nikki Haley has campaigned particularly hard in New Hampshire, not as much as she had in Iowa. New Hampshire has a tradition of town hall style meetings where voters expect to be able to ask questions of the candidates. And that's how these candidates have been campaigning there. Some of the candidates, not all of them, but some of them have been also running television ads, but they're very expensive there because you have to run your television ads from the Boston media market, which is a very expensive market. For any of these candidates, a win in New Hampshire over Donald Trump shows that he's not invincible, that there is enough support out there for somebody else, and that maybe there's a path for another nominee. Curiouser and curiouser. Governor Pudding Fingers says he got a big boost after placing second in Iowa. They threw everything but the kitchen sink at us. They spent almost $50 million attacking us. No one's faced that much all the way just through Iowa. They, the media was against us. They were writing our obituary months ago. In spite of all of that that they threw at us, everyone against us, we've got our ticket punched out of Iowa. We represent a chance to reverse the madness that we've seen in this country, to reverse the decline of this country, and to give this country a new birth of freedom and a restoration of sanity. That's what we are going to do. You're down 30 points in Iowa, which I guess you could say that punches your ticket to New Hampshire. I don't know. You got to, what does Newell always say? You got to campaign in poetry and govern in prose. Nikki Haley says that voters do not want to be taken backwards. I voted for Donald Trump twice. I was proud to serve in his administration. But when I say more of the same, you know what I'm talking about. It's both Donald Trump and Joe Biden. 70% of Americans don't want another Trump-Biden rematch. I'm surprised it's only 70%. I think... Nobody wants a Trump-Biden rematch. Trump supporters, I don't know, maybe want to face Biden because he's perceived as being a pretty weak candidate. Biden supporters, maybe you want to face Trump because he's supposedly going to be a pretty weak candidate. 
Man, I don't know. Now this guy. In address to supporters, Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy says following his fourth place finish in the Iowa caucuses, he is ending his campaign. There is no path for me to be the next president absent things that we don't want to see happen in this country. As of this moment, we are going to suspend this presidential campaign. I called Donald Trump to tell him that I congratulated him on his victory. And now going forward, he will have my full endorsement for the presidency. And I think we're going to do the right thing for this country. I think that he expects he's going to be hired by the Trump administration if he does indeed take back the White House in November. Probably expecting a cabinet post or something or maybe something posh like uh, an ambassadorship. That's a thing they give out. Uh, Donald Trump thanked his supporters. He made a call for unity. And of course, of course, he found an opportunity to lie about having won Iowa in the 2016 primary. Well, I want to thank everybody. This has been some period of time. And most importantly, we want to thank the great people of Iowa. Thank you. We love you all. And I really think this is time now for everybody, our country, to come together. We want to come together. Uh, whether it's Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative, it would be so nice if we could come together and straighten out the world. This has been an incredible experience. The people have been, this is the third time we've won, but this is the biggest win. I want to congratulate Ron and Nikki for having a, a, good, a good time together. We're all having a good time together. Uh, I think they both actually did very well. I really do. I think they both did very well. I'm old enough to remember the Republican primary caucus in 2016. That was on February 1st. Ted Cruz pulled in 27.6%. Donald Trump had 24%. And Marco Rubio, remember that guy? He had 23%. So that was actually a pretty close contest. You may remember Donald Trump said ahead of time if he didn't win in Iowa, he was going to say that it was rigged. And he did, because that's just what he does. Now, AP correspondent Josh Boak is reading the tea leaves and exit polling and other ways of capturing what's on Iowa voters' minds today. The Iowa caucuses really belong to Donald Trump. About 6 in 10 caucus goers said that they support the Make America Great Again movement, which Trump started in 2016. Iowa's demographics also favor Trump. More than 60% of caucus goers are from small towns or rural areas. Most of them lack a college degree. Nearly half are evangelical Christian. All of these groups are core Trump supporters. The one area of relative weakness for the former president is in the suburbs of Iowa. Now, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley has emerged as something of an anti-Trump option. If you look at her caucus goers, four in 10 voted for Democrat Joe Biden in 2020. Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, finds his support primarily among people who are dissatisfied with Trump, but still willing to vote for Trump in November. Among younger voters, we see a slight edge for Vivek Ramaswamy in that he enjoys disproportionate support from voters under 30. This makes sense as Ramaswamy is a relatively youthful 38. Yeah, well, Vivek's not going anywhere today. Uh, meanwhile, Donald Trump's general election campaign is mostly going to be happening inside of courtrooms. He's back in court today in New York for a trial over how much more money he owes E. Jean Carroll for denying that he sexually assaulted her in the 1990s, despite having been found liable for rape by the judge in that case, and then accusing her of lying about her claims. E. Jean Carroll got a warm welcome from supporters in front of federal court in Manhattan. Yay! 
Some thanking her, calling her brave. Trump went in a special entrance with Secret Service. Tuesday marks day one of jury selection with opening statements to follow in what is essentially a second penalty phase of a legal fight Carol has already won. In May, a different jury awarded her $5 million, finding Trump sexually abused her in a department store dressing room in 1996, then defamed her two years ago, claiming Carol made it up. The Republican frontrunner for president, who just won the Iowa caucuses, continues to deny the charges and is appealing the first jury's verdict. Julie Walker, New York. Now, this is a story that is confusing and weird and a little bit sad and also frustrating to me. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, he has been released from Walter Reed National Military Medical Center after his prostate cancer diagnosis. Austin has been in the hospital for two weeks to treat complications from prostate cancer surgery. In a statement, the Pentagon says the cancer was treated early and his prognosis is excellent. This was all kept secret from senior Biden administration officials for weeks. A few days ago, President Biden was asked if he still has confidence in Austin. I do. The president answered yes when asked if it was a lapse in judgment. A review is underway. While Austin was at Walter Reed, the U.S. launched a series of military strikes late last week on the Iranian-backed Houthis in Yemen. Austin will be working from home as he recovers. Ed Donahue, Washington. I don't know, man. I'm kind of of two minds on this. You know, if you're going through a cancer diagnosis and cancer treatment, maybe you don't want the whole world to know about it. But if you're the Secretary of Defense, you have to tell your boss. Come on, man. In other weird political news, you may have been following this story, or maybe not, because it hasn't exactly been everywhere. Last week, the website Mediaite published an audio recording of comments made weeks before the 2020 election in a conversation between Roger Stone and a friend of his, former NYPD cop Sal Greco. You may remember Roger Stone was an advisor to the 2016 Trump campaign. Uh, he did not stick around there for long, but he has continued to be a major player in uh, MAGA world since then and uh, was being escorted around the Capitol by the Proud Boys during the attack on the Capitol on January 6th. During this recorded conversation, and there is audio of this, so if it sounds crazy and you think that Ian's just making this up, take five seconds and Google it and you can hear this audio. In this recorded audio, Roger Stone tells his friend Sal Greco, it's time to do it. Let's go find Swalwell. It's time to do it. Then we'll see how brave the rest of them are. It's time to do it. It's either Swalwell or Nadler has to die before the election. They need to get the message. Let's go find Swalwell and get this over with. I'm just not putting up with this anymore. In a statement to media, I, Eric Swalwell responded and said, The Roger Stone assassination plot recording may seem like the ravings of a wannabe gangster. It's not. This is what Trump and his real-life thugs do. They try to intimidate opponents and will always choose violence over voting. Because I'm one of Trump's loudest critics, Stone put out a hit on me. This threat and other threats of violence by Trump and his supporters must be taken seriously by not only law enforcement, but also by my colleagues. Both parties, not just Democrats, must condemn this violence. Unity will always be the best antidote against further violence. This story is taking place against the backdrop of a couple reporters who are joking about President Trump possibly being assassinated sometime before the 2020 election. I think that's inappropriate and you shouldn't do that. And you should always be careful about hot mics 
if you're in the business. But these two stories aren't the same. Those journalists were making a joke in poor taste. Here you have a former advisor to President Trump and a major player in Republican politics going all the way back to the Nixon administration, plotting with a former law enforcement member to assassinate two sitting members of Congress. When we come back, we're going to be speaking to Robert uh, Hogan. I was about to say Robert Carroll, but that's not correct. Robert Hogan is a professor of political science and department chair at Louisiana State University. If you were listening to the show last week, we talked a little bit about the new Green Day song, The American Dream is Killing Me. There's another track off that album that I'd like to share with you today. The new Green Day album, Saviors, is dropping on Friday. I'm very excited about that. Here's Dilemma. Slaps! There's Billy Joe singing about his struggle with addiction to alcohol and his quest for sobriety. Coming back with Robert Hogan. I'm Ian Hogan for Scoot BRB. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts Baseball is in full swing NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 